Welcome to the world's premier Black Crows podcast. State of America. Hosted by two of the band's most dedicated fans, David Hudson and Ian Rice. And now, let's get the show on the road. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the State of America podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ian Rice, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, David Hudson. David, how are you, sir? Howdy, Ian. How's it going? Oh, it's been a while since we've uh, convened and done one of these. It kind of, it's like the COVID time warp or something. You lose track of your days. It really has, because we recorded that Eddie Harsh episode, gosh, it seems like, what, a month or so ago? Yeah, uh, I got some good feedback on that, though, which I was very, very happy with because I was hoping we would do something that people would find a fitting tribute to him. And I guess we were we were successful in that. Well, I had a number of people tell me they think it's the best thing we've ever done. And I, I mean, I agree. And, and for those out there that don't know, 85 percent of that was all done by Ian. So he edited it together and made it what it was. I did it for you, people. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, like, so. I, I didn't hear it until Ian put it all together and, and released it. But at the end, the way Descending kicks in after uh, Steve Gorman says, Godspeed, Ed Harsh. Man, I'm telling you, I've listened to that so many times. And every time, like the first couple of times, I teared up. And the first time I was at work, I just kind of had to walk to the back and it got something in my eye, you know. But uh, Well, Steve was kind enough to, I mean, you know, we reached out to him and he's always very nice to us. But we don't like to abuse the fact that he'll he will interact with us you know so we you know we asked him if he could do something but he had some things going on but he's he sent us the file of the uh eulogy and said you know please use this if you if you'd like to so it was nice that he he that's was kind of given to us by steve even though you know it is out there but you know. and we should say that we actually got a short audio clip from boa but yes. uh ian forgot to edit that in so uh at some point maybe we'll do something with it you know what it is? I do I do the bulk of the editing for these, you know, in my downtime, which is you know later in the evening or very very early in the morning, and I'm I I accidentally put the, his clip into the wrong folder on my desktop, and I, as I was going through clips, I just I just went past it, and it was very nice of him to send that to us, and you know uh, we could probably put it in there somewhere or even just give it its own display in one of our episodes, you know. Yeah, and. Um Boa has, if you don't know, has started his own podcast, Overtime at Ringside. Uh, it's yes. primarily just playing clips, I mean, audio, playing songs. The the sound quality, I, as you would guess, these things are pristine, and some of it's stuff I've never heard. So you can find it, I don't think it's like on Apple Podcasts. You can go on A3, and there's a there's a thread with it. Uh, he posted, I think, on the Crow's Base Facebook page. I think if you go to the Crow's Base website, there's a link to it on there okay. also. Okay, yeah, I haven't been to the, I haven't been, haven't been to Crow Space in a while, but yeah, it's really good. It's the audio and the stuff is just superb. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got a a wealth of material. I'm sure that's probably not even been out there. So he's got a lot to draw from, and he's, you know, he's been a curator of that stuff for a long time. So he, you know, he probably knows the right selections to make to play. You know, yeah, it's uh, it's really really good. So um, yeah, and we appreciate Bola sending that to us. Also worth mentioning david is that we're doing our second annual charity auction to benefit nucci space we did it last year had some great success with it and uh you know we got some pretty great items this year we're going to be putting up shortly 
obviously with everything that's going on, you know, if you can't participate, you know, we totally understand. But if you can, you know, it is for a good cause and we would appreciate it. Why don't you tell the people what some of the items are going to be? That's a good idea. Um, <laughs> we do have, um, I believe we have two copies of Crowology on vinyl. I have uh, Record Store Day re-releases of uh, Lions on vinyl. Uh, the Jealous Again single that came out on Record Store Day, we got a couple of those. I have a unofficial By Your Side waiting to go out there. A couple of really cool posters. Uh, you know, we have some smaller things, some uh, some rare CDs, some other kind of things. I something for everybody who tried to hit this time, like something at, at every price level. So if you know, if you just want to do a little bit, you can get in there and still participate. And we'll of course be auctioning off another guest co-host spot. Yes, we were lucky enough last time to have uh, Steve Gleason win that, and of course Steve Gleason has quickly become a very good friend of ours. But he was the uh, he was the winner of that last year. Yeah, he did a great job on. We did the Fillmore run, and you know, he uh, has already done one installment of Steve's picks, and we're going to have a. He's already given us the next show to go over for the next time he's going to come on. We'll have him on sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and we've got some pretty cool things, you know, otherwise lined up uh, for the rest of the year, and then some cool some cool things happening at the beginning of next year. And we're sorry we've been uh, on these extended little hiatus breaks in between but we're going to get the schedule back a little more regular oh and we need to tell everybody uh, make sure you follow us on twitter because the other we've started this thing where about once a month we do a basically a zoom hangout and it's uh we just it's an invite only thing i opened up a couple of slots last time on twitter i said you know if you're interested you know we have a couple of spots left just dm me or whatever and we had a couple of uh new faces on that but Follow us on Twitter because we're going to try to do that maybe once a month. And that last one, how long did it go? Four hours? We get into like one in the morning or something? Yeah, everybody just kind of slowly faded out, but it was a good time. We had, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, and on those, all we did, there's no agenda or anything. We just uh, we just all sit on and talk talk about music or, or whatever. I think we had maybe eight people. Yeah, it's, sometimes it happens that uh, someone has to leave and then someone else comes in. So, you know, it's not always a, a full house at all times, but... Uh, it's a lot of fun. I have fun doing those because we just kind of, it's just a conversation, really. Yeah. Most everybody grabs a drink and we just sit around and talk. And we're going to do that again. And then I, I think I may be, I'm going to try to reach out and maybe have a special guest for one of them. Yeah. And I don't even know who this is, <laughs> uh, people. So this is a very special guest. So, uh, yeah, we're going to think about doing that. And um, that, that'll be fun. Like I said, follow us on Twitter. We're getting close to having a thousand Twitter followers. It would be nice that, to, that'd be a great Christmas present if we got to a thousand Twitter followers. Who yes. knows what we would do to thank people for that? Yes, and uh, you know, speaking of uh, Christmas presents, holiday things, throughout the month of December, I'm going to be opening up my Dropbox archive a bit, so I'll be throwing some things out there. So make sure you pay attention to us on Facebook and all that kind of thing, and uh, we'll have some goodies for you because I was just going through some folders I have on there, and I, I said, oh, I forgot I had this, I forgot I had this, so you know, I'd like to share it with some folks. Are you buying any um, black crow socks? No, because I'm. I, I fear that uh, they might have a coal in them if I was to get a pair of black crow socks. But uh, yeah, I saw they have those. Uh, it's it's weird for a band that used to be so selective about their merchandise. They seem under the new management seem to have um, a lot more options. You know, as far as uh, accessory type things, face masks and that. And I don't know. I know. I know. Uh, you're slightly bothered by some of these things, huh? 
I just, it's a softball and it's sitting there and it's, it's not even moving. It's just spinning. It's waiting for somebody to hit it. I mean, socks are great and all. Put out some archival releases and don't put them on streaming platforms where they're free. Do it as like a, like on Bandcamp as a, as a, you pay to download or put it on vinyl. Something like that. Make it exclusive. I mean, I don't know how many pairs of socks they're going to sell, but there's several thousand people listening to this podcast every week that I'm sure a large percentage of them are going to buy any type of archival releases or, you know what, do something like put out in your spare time, like put out some covers, some studio releases, this covers. You got, you got all those little feet songs that you do. You've got, you know, do some grateful dead stuff or whatever. I, I just put out new music. It's, it's a no brainer. People were sitting here chomping at the bit to get that, not socks. I mean, even if they re-released some of the things that have been out and have disappeared, like that Lost Crows LP, that, that reissue. I mean, that thing, if you find one of those like on eBay or Discogs or something like that, it's going for a couple of hundred dollars. Yeah. So there is still a market for that because there's people that didn't get it that, that missed out that would want it. I mean, even just do another run of those or something, you know? Put out the Lenoir Sessions from New Orleans properly mastered. That is a that's wishful thinking, but that would be great too. I mean, that would be that would be just amazing. But anyway, I, I don't think they care what I think. But I'm telling you, it would sell. It would, and especially you know, it's it's the holidays right now, and people are doing a lot more online buying this year because of the COVID situation. So it seems like a, a market they just don't tap into. And that's uh, I I bought so many shows, and they've they've really cut back the catalog on there. But I bought so many shows on live black crows and to be honest i went to go buy some more shows that i knew used to be on there that have been taken off so that's that's lost revenue you know i couldn't buy the shows that used to be there i just don't i don't quite understand maybe there's something big coming down the pipeline and they're just kind of placeholding that live black crows website for the time being until I, but who knows yeah i wish they would do that and and just kind of provide us like maybe do like another one of those Chris Robinson Q and A's on Instagram. How entertaining was that? Chris Robinson is an engaging guy. He's entertaining. He's uh, he has charisma. You want to listen to him. His answers are funny. He's got a good sense of humor. Exactly. You know, I mean that that's that's a great thing. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if he personally enjoyed himself doing that, or you know, but uh, it seemed like he he was having fun. Yeah, that that was funny. I mean, it was it was entertaining, and he was answering a lot of people's questions. Some of them he answered, you know, with his Chris Robinson humor, and some of them he. You know, gave us some real info on. Well, that's the funny thing about him. He won't just say no to a question. He'll just answer it in a with a criticism kind of thing. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, which is always which is always funny. I think he's hysterical. And somebody else that is a tremendous fan of Mr. Chris Robinson is our guest this week, David. Isn't that right? Yes, yeah, right. Uh, one of our favorite people that we've met on here. Really, that's the best thing about this podcast is all the people that we've met and become friends with. But yeah, Kate Thompson makes her, I guess. First official state of America, because she was on a bonus episode, so this is her first real deal episode. Yeah, Kate is a, a, a big time fan of Chris, big time fan of the band. She's a great follow on Twitter. Yeah, she posts a lot of cool stuff, and she's just a lovely person. She's fun to talk to. I mean, we were having a lot of laughs doing it, you know, uh, and and things like that. And you, it's just uh, just great. I really fun doing this episode. I'm glad she was on, and I'm more than positive she'll be back. Well, and you will hear us mention it. There are four State of America podcast shirts in the world right now. She has two of them. And uh, at some point, we're going to open up an online store and start selling those. To be perfectly honest, if anybody has tips out there, what the, the easiest method to do that is, 
you know, we're all ears because I've been I've been trying to find, you know, a good way to set that up where it's it's painless for everybody, and I haven't really found the right match yet. So uh, you know, if if you know something or if you've had experience doing this already, you, know, you can email us at stateofamerica at gmail dot com and uh, help us out because uh, we'd like to get these out there. Obviously, there's some interest in them, but uh, we don't know how to properly get them from where we have them made to you. So that's that's where the logistical hurdle lies. Yeah, so if you know anything about that, shoot us up and we'll maybe give you a free one. I don't think you should be telling people to shoot us up, David. <laughs> it just makes me nervous. <laughs> hey, you gotta get you gotta get through the COVID. That's true, yeah, that's right. But uh, so yeah, so Kate's on this week and uh, like I said, uh, you know, we've got some great things uh, coming down the pipeline. You know, we don't want to uh, put the cart before the horse, but it looks like it's coming together to have a, a very, very big guest that I know everybody will be very excited about. So uh, what do you say, David? you want to uh, flip it on over to our interview with Kate? Yeah. Here's Kate Thompson. Well, first of all, Kate, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. We uh, we always look forward to getting to talk to you, our our number one supporter, especially on Twitter. Always a good time to have to have you on. So, uh, Kate, we have we actually have, haven't had you on here in a while. Mm. Are you, have you come out from underneath your rock and going out in public again? I am. I'm back to work full time. Yeah, and you know, masked always. But uh, yeah, I'm out of my rock. Are you guys out from underneath your rocks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Our COVID spike, it started to spike again around here in Connecticut. So we got, you know, I work for a uh, school system, mm-hmm. a board of ed, and we're starting to shut schools down again. So I don't know how long this is going to last. But we'll see. I've been bob- so far, I've so been, good. I've been having to bob and weave at work with uh, <laughs> with, with yeah. COVID. I've had people all around me, and I was telling Ian, I was like, man, I was in the, I'm in the COVID vortex at one point. And I was like yeah. counting <laughs> It had the wa- had the clock going. All right, it's been fourteen days. I'm good. David has narrowly dodged some uh, COVID bullets there. I've, yeah, just... I had a few. I've had a few around me and my um, offices around me. Like, oh, she tested positive. I'm like, oh no. But so far, so good. Knock on wood. My Irish luck. Hey, one good thing that come that I think came out of the quarantine was we're starting to see the fruits of a lot of people being cooped up as far as a lot of new music coming out and, and, and stuff like that. And a lot of special stuff. I don't know if y'all saw it, but, um, Tom Petty did, did it. They did a 70th birthday thing on, it was like a five hour thing, I think on the internet. And it was like, who's who of everybody playing his music and stuff. It was really cool. And we're getting all no. these good reissues. And, but one band that's been pretty quiet is the black crows during all this. You would think, Man, they've got to get in those vaults and un- un- just unload they have some of the to. stuff. They have to. I I agree with that, and I am surprised that they haven't been because like Marcus has been doing stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff, but I didn't see the Tom Petty thing. Where was that on? It's on his. You, yeah, I just checked it, and it's on his website. You can go and watch the whole thing again. Perfect. Uh, did you get to see it, Ian? No, I didn't see that. But I mean, there has been a lot of other really cool stuff. Like I, uh, not that long ago. Uh, you know, Sammy Hagar did a thing that was supposed to be the replacement for his usual Mexico birthday thing. It ended up being almost like a little impromptu tribute to to Eddie. 
And he oh, said he said cool. it's just like one of the best things he's ever done. He'd like to release it in another way, you know, in the near future. So that was pretty cool, that one. But yeah, I can't believe that he died. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, Eric, the, 2020. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't wait for this to be over. This has been uh, quite a year. Which, unbelievably, like 2021 isn't that far away. Like this year just kind of is a wash. You know? yes. <laughs> it's sad to say. Hey, it Kate, that, that sure is a nice shirt you have on. Thank you, my State of America shirt. I love it. And like I said, I have my other one you sent me too, saving one for when I meet Chris. I'm going to give it to him and tell him it's from you guys. <laughs> well, hopefully well, at this specific moment, those are that's four of a kind because yeah. we each have one and you have two. So that's that's all that's out there right now. And it's it's a good shirt. I love it. Oh. I got a lot of compliments on it because a lot of people thought it was just the flag with the stars. And uh, people at work were like, oh, I like your shirt. And I'm like, oh, it's a podcast. And my um, director, she's a big deadhead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's uh, State of America. It's for the Black Crow. She's like, I love lions. And I went, <laughs> I got a podcast for you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good woman. Yeah, so we're, yeah. We're, Ian and I are working on uh, getting those in a, where we can, can sell them. So hopefully in the in the near future, we'll have some information about that. Well, I, I posted a picture of me in it. Of course, it's so fast. <laughs> They're probably yeah, like, "Oh it. my god!" You didn't, you, you didn't get anybody sliding into your DMs like you usually do, did you? No, no. Everything's been quiet. Thank goodness. Everyone seems to understand that I'm not there for that. Um, one one guy, I can't remember who it was. I think it's Mao M O W. He's a big crows. He wrote, "Where's my shirt? I look better in it than Kate." And I wrote back. I did the Polly Walnuts. Oh, wait, why did you have to throw a dick at me? It's oh. not cool. Oh, not cool in the gang. Why you got to do that? But the, I, I've met some really cool people on from from you guys. Um, some really big guys that uh, always are there to dig at me about my love of certain songs. <coughs> and a certain band member. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Okay. You know what? They're just jealous because he's so beautiful. Are they jealous again? Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Twitter uh, Twitter is a lot more interactive, we have found, than than Facebook. I mean I pretty much everything we do on Facebook. pretty much everything we do on Twitter is, you know, gets a reaction and Is that why you stuck me on Facebook? Because no I don't like to talk to me anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, I when I see you post, I come on. That's true. I do. Ian, I Ian, is, Ian is late to the game on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that classic wax podcast forced him to get on Twitter. That was good. I liked how that happened. <laughs> I like how that happened. Sometimes you have to pull people into you know the twenty first century. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Taking in streaming. Ian, called, Ian asked bragging. me one time, "Did we, did we need a MySpace account?" I said, "No." <laughs> Should we be on Tumblr? You're a pip, Ian. Oh Lord, oh Lord, baby Jesus. Oh. Uh, all right. So uh, the reason we had Kate on here, other than the fact we enjoy talking to her, is uh, we're going to talk about our favorite uh, ballads. To be honest. It's up to everybody's interpretation of what a ballad is. So yes. don't don't get mad at us if you're like, that's not a ballad. It's uh, it's America. Everybody's free to have their opinion on what a ballad is. That's right. Um, it's America, Jack. I can decide what a ballad is and what a ballad isn't. <laughs> I did see two definitions of it just because I was actually curious. So I tried mm-hmm. to see like uh, something written down. One had a, had them kind of like you know slower tempo story songs and that kind of thing, and one was just quieter verses and more powerful choruses. So maybe that's the power ballad. I don't know, but uh, 
It is open yeah. to interpretation. Well, I feel I feel like the the 80s and early 90s completely turned what the the term ballad almost into a dirty word. Yeah. Yep. Those damn poison boys. They I know. Real bad. Because you you, you think about it <laughs> back then, like with those those albums, the first song released was always a big anthemic rocker to get. Mm-hmm. All, that was the that was the before the album was released. That's what came out. Then after it had been out a month or so, you had to go to the ballot to get the ladies. It was just a formula, and everybody yep. did it. I mean, Skid Row, Warrant, Poison, Bon Jovi, all of them You're did right. that. But hey, they made a lot a lot of money because of that. It's bon Jovi so did some balance. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you're in a mood today. In bet- <laughs> I'm, I'm adjusting myself in my seat. Ian's being feisty. <laughs> in between, oh, in between their early, in between their thrash albums that they put out. <laughs> thrash albums. All right, so I don't know how we came on this number, but we came up with the number seven. I think because number five, we were all having too hard of a time. Ian, yeah. I had a hard time getting mine. I know Kate said before we came on, she did. What about you? Yeah, I, I it took me several hours to, to yeah. It's like it's like picking your favorite children or something, you know. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> and and so I, I managed to get it down. And the thing is, this band, when you say ballad and you say the Black Crows, everybody automatically goes she talks to the angels, which is a great song. Nothing wrong with yes. that song. But man, they had some that just tug at the heartstrings, and whether it's the the lyrics or the playing on it, and we'll get into that as we get to those. But this was a band that knew how, knew how to tug at the heartstrings when they wanted to. I'm going to tell you right up front that She Talks to Angels is, did not make my list. Really? That's well, right. I had to make mine, and that was the problem. Because She Talks is probably the best acoustic guitar song ever written. And I have a new appreciation since NPR happened. I mean, I've listened to different, and there's so many different variations of the song. Right. And the way... The way Chris delivers it is different almost every single time. So it had to be on there. It couldn't even be an honorable mention because without She Talks, where are we? I, I In my opinion. So I just right. blew one on my list. So you're wrong, Ian. You're wrong. All right. All right. We'll start this way. <laughs> All right. So, Kate, since you're our guest, we'll let you go first. And we haven't really talked about this. So uh, you don't have to put them in, you don't have to rank them or anything. Just bring up each song and talk about it, and Ian and I'll approve or disapprove. Well, Thorn in My Pride. It almost didn't make my list, but again, it's one of those songs that I go to a lot 
especially the Brothers of a Feather version. It is probably one of my favorite songs, and I never even realized it until we brought this up a couple weeks ago, and almost every one of my playlists has that version on it. So, And I love Southern Harmony's version, the 92 version, but the Brothers of a Feather version is just, it's such a beautiful song, and it's so well-written. I mean, the lyrics are just amazing. So Thorn of My Pride had to make the list. Well, I mean, um, it's one of the quintessential Black Crow songs. But it is. It, here, here's where we get an interpretation. For whatever reason, I don't, I never have really considered that a ballad. And really? So, yeah. And so I guess because, you know, like when they play it live, you have this, uh, ver- you know, they speed it up and they mm-hmm. jam and stuff. And it's just, I don't know. For, one, for whatever reason, I've never considered that a ballad. What about you, Ian? I, I could see how it would fit into that category. The, uh, the, uh, Brothers, Brothers of the Feather. Feather. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Let me try that again. The Brothers of a Feather version is uh, is a bit better, and even you know because I feel like a lot of Black Crow songs, even though they're great on record, once they become lived in on the road, they develop a, a kind of second life, you know. And, exactly. Yeah, and it, I know it's like blasphemous to a lot of people to say like, well, the original one has Mark on it, and the later one doesn't, or you know, because I I think some of the stuff on Crowology. Oh. kind of got, got a new life too and you mm-hmm. know but it doesn't have mark on it so it can't be as good apparently but i, I think that that's very true of a lot of their songs but and i used to be one of those if it mm-hmm. doesn't have mark on it it's not that good but like i said <laughs> i have a whole new love of luther that is just kind of scary it's any list regardless of what the list is it has thrown on thrown in my pride on it is okay thank you so my next one would be descending It, is, it just showcases how beautiful of a player Eddie was. And I was always an Adam McDougall hater because I had such a love for Eddie. But I've kind of grown to love Adam, too, now. But um, Descending, it's this time it's Sink or It's Swim. It's just, oh, it's, just, it's a beautiful song. It, it is. This is my favorite Black Crows ballad, hands down. Is it? Uh, matter of fact, when I, I did my notes on my list, I didn't even entitle my note top seven Crows ballads. I titled it "Descending." The, the, this, to me, this song 
is is so special and i created a mm-hmm. huge stir back during the magpie days when i was like should anybody even play this ever again without it but matt slocum is the only person that is that has played that that i get the nod of approval to him we talked about that with slocum we were like well i talked to him about it one time off the air i said look you know people are out with their their machetes wanting to cut anybody up that that that, you know is not ed or mark and i said nobody complained about yours and he's talked about, you know, well, that was very stressful playing that song. He said, because it's a beautiful piece of music and people relate to it so much. And, you know, I I, I think it's just, so, it, it lyrically, it's powerful, but you add Ed and then, you know, the slide playing and stuff that's on it. Oh. it it's it's one of their best recorded songs, you know, and like I, I, I think I may have mentioned here, I guess it was, it wasn't long after we started this podcast, one of my, uh, my best friend growing up, he, he, he died of a drug overdose. And, you know, obviously this song has some tie-ins to that. And uh, I remember when he died, uh, after I got the phone call, like a couple of minutes later, that was the song I put on. And a live version. And that outro, to me, the outro to that song, like it's it's a sad song, but the outro is like the moment of healing when, when yes. Ed plays it live. And, you know, I challenge anybody, when, when he played that outro live, to find a more moving piece of music with no words it does it does move it definitely does move i totally agree yeah my next one is probably one of my favorites miracle to me that song it it really is such a beautiful song i love that song and a lot of people hate that song a lot of crows fans i know i i absolutely love that song that's oh you do good i do it's it's a it's a beautiful song i i particularly liked it actually on the and it's and it's an album i don't go back to that often but the official live album that came out in 2002 which was from their last shows in boston I oh, really, really? Like the version on there because they kind of the intros extended a little bit and it really yes. gives it a minute to get into. I love that song. It's uh, it, it's it's on my list as well. I, I think this is such a it's like that opening chord sequence and everything has Rich Robinson's name written all over it. Yes. Um, but to me, like I love the part where you know, tell me why. I know, obviously, I'm not going to sing it, but that's he my favorite off, part. Tell, tell me, me why, why have, have you been, been, crying? been crying? That is sung with so look much. Me in the eyes. That, yeah. That song is sung with so much emotion, 
And I think from a vocal standpoint, like from a technical singing standpoint, it's one of Chris's best vocals that he's ever recorded. He would go on, I think, a lot of times to use that voice that he on that in the CRB song. Because that wasn't yes. it wasn't like she talks to angels where at times he had to really strain his voice. That one was on my list. That one's gonna get some haterade being drank yeah. with this but <laughs> I get attacked all the time for the my songs. So like that's really one of your top five songs. I'm like, Yeah, I love that song. <clears throat> He's yeah, like, but oh, the, that but sucks. the version that Ian's talking, <laughs> the version that he's talking about on the official live album, is just is fantastic. The long drawn out intro to it. I have to and, find it. And it, this is another song that sounded good when Mark Ford played on it. Oh. They did, they didn't do yeah. it a lot, but when they did, it sounded good. And, yeah. and on the record itself, uh, Eddie really added some nice little subtle colorations to it, which yes. I, always attracted me to it in the first place. I always thought I, that made it better. I wrote down that Ed sprinkles a lot of um, harmony into it, mm. and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song, and I don't know how anyone hates it, but a lot of time, I mean, it's a it's a true love song. It's like a, it's it like, is. hey, I love you. I want you know, come take care of me, basically. Um, yes. And and a lot of times with Crow's lyrics, they're a little ambiguous, and mm-hmm. this is one that's one of the more direct ones. Yes, you uh, be my lover. Be my, be my friend, be a miracle. I mean, it's, it's, oh, it is. It's a true love song. I love that song. And then what next is, it has to be She Talks to Angels. And I know a lot of people can be like, oh, everybody goes to She Talks to Angels. But She Talks to Angels, like I said, has to be the best song with acoustic guitar in it ever written, hands down. If you take the lyrics out and just listen to the music, it is it is it is so beautiful. It is it, it is a beautiful song. And then um, I watched it was briefly on YouTube. They it was um like a behind the music type of thing. And Chris talks about a girl in the club that had her eyes like all um, grunged and how they talked about her and, you know, used her for inspiration. It's, it's just, it's a beautiful song. And anytime that they play it live, it's different. Like 1991 London, where they did You're Wrong. That sounds different than when they did it on MTV Unplugged. And my favorite version is from Wiser for the Time, the live album. Oh, I love it so much. But um, I always gravitate to the Crowology version. 
Mm. Um, yeah, that, that, I love that for me is the is the definitive version. I had that one on my list too, Kate. I know I said earlier it wasn't on my list, but I need to like clarify slightly. It's not because I dislike the song or think it's a poor quality song. It's just that speaks to the power of their music. Is I found seven other songs that I that just meant a lot that that much more to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is a fantastic I, song. Yeah, I had to, I had to take Locust Street off. Locust Street is probably one of my favorite Crow songs, but I had to have the other three that I already named, and I had to put She Talks on. And my next three are my top three favorite Crow songs, so I had to have those. So I had to take Locust Street off. All right, mm-hmm. so what, what, what are your top ones? Oh, Josephine. Waiting for redemption, no, leaving love behind. Got to know where you want to be It gets cold outside It's too late to play it safe So let's let it all ride Yeah, let's uh, let it all ride Oh, Josephine is probably, it is my top three favorite song by the Black Crows. And they did a live version and Luther was on it and I can't remember what it is. It is, oh, so good. And Chris is in the vest. And I love Chris in the vest. Well, I love Chris in any version I can get. Jesus Chris, Stone Chris, Vest Chris. I love them all. But Ojo is my one of my top five favorite songs ever. I'm not going to get an argument here. I mean, that's a fantastic song. One of their best from the, the mm. Luther era, from the later days of you know the band and everything. It's just such a, it's a powerhouse. It's a powerhouse. And the it's slide great. in it is and, amazing. And I think, I think one of the great things that we possibly missed out on was, you know, when Ford came in the band, he took some of those songs that he didn't play on and really added a lot to it. Specifically, like the outro to "Lay It All on Me." Oh, I would have loved to hear Mark Ford play the outro to Oh Josephine. Yes. And you know, yes. a lot of I've heard a lot of people say that's the last great song that Chris and Rich will ever write together. Uh, oh Josephine. Yeah, and you know, and they were very proud of that before it came out in all the press when when they were talked about their favorite song on it was always Oh Josephine, you know, and, and so it kinda it really got built up on the message boards mm-hmm. and stuff before it came out. Yeah, it's a great song. I can't it's argue a, with that. Yep. And this is my favorite crow song. Ever. Bad luck, blue eyes, goodbye. I know no luxury of knowing what your eyes dream. I know one million ways to
It gives you, it gives me everything, every feel I need to feel. It always gives it to me, and I love Bad Luck's Blue Eyes Goodbye from Southern. Besides Sometime Salvation, which is an amazing song also, it has all those feels to it. It has Chris's voice doing all those tricks and in and out, and he's weaving the story, and it's so beautiful. I love it. It's my And I love it off of iTunes Original. Have you ever heard that version? Mm-mm. Yes, I have. Oh, it is, it is so beautiful, yeah. And then my next one, my favorite ballad is Girl from the Pawn Shop. I love Three Snakes, but Crowology is my favorite version of Girl from a Pawn Shop. I mean, there's some live versions that I really do love, but Crowology, I think it's so clean. I, I love the way that they arrange the music in it. I love Girl from a Pawn Shop. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. It's it's. This is probably one of the only times I'll make this distinction is the only reason why I like the Three Snakes version better is Mark's particular solo on mm-hmm. that one is like a quintessential mark ford performance and uh, i really just love what he adds to the song with that but the, the one on chronology is is a, is a top version as well you, yeah you can girl from a pawn shop talking about one that gives you all the feels it, 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 it yes. checks all the boxes and i remember when chronology came out when i saw the track listing that was the one that i go how are they going to pull that off acoustically because so much of the emotion on that is from the electric guitar uh, you know, right. on that song, and that is my favorite song on Crowology. It is it, by far. I mean, and I love, I love Crowology. I think it's one of the most, it's one of the best recorded albums I've ever heard. I have to agree with you. And and there, they there were a few misses on it, but other than that, it was all, you know, it was all home runs. And the way they layered the instrumentation during what would would normally be the Mark Ford solo was just so good. But going right. back to the studio version, I mean. If that one doesn't get you going, you know something's wrong with you. To me, it's a it's a it's a that's a top ten Black Crow song for me. Yes, um, I agree. And you said we could have an honorable mention. Yes. So everybody, hold on because we're going to get some hate for this. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Katie Deer. Oh. Oh, I'm going to get some hate for that. <laughs> Katie Deer. I love Katie Deer, and the only version I can ever find of Katie Deer is on YouTube. And there are times that I will just throw YouTube on. And I love Katie Deer. I do. And like Glow from CRB. Those two songs, sometimes I just need them in my life. And Katie Deer had to be an honorable mention. I'll agree with but, you on Glow. <laughs> I love Glow. Glow is I'll, oh that's a great song. Oh, it is. It is a great song. It's a great See, CRB song. Katie Deer is not I mean, it's to, it's the song I like the the least off of that New Earth Mud <laughs> album, but it doesn't mean I don't like the song. It's just <laughs> 
But I don't. It's funny you say like, "Oh, we're gonna get so much." I, 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 oh, I, I am. I don't oh, like I the song. <laughs> I don't. But I don't understand. He when... wrote it about me, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, you know he did. Um, he did. But I don't, I don't. I never understood why if somebody tells you, "Well, this is my favorite song," and you have to get like aggressive Nasty. with them about it, it's like, "Well, I can like whatever I like," you know. <laughs> so, I don't want to say anyone's name, but I had to actually block someone. Because he was just nasty to me every time. Like, what are you, dumb? I'm like, it's just my, you know, it's just yeah. my, my, it's my likes. And it doesn't mean I'm making you like it. And I'm not trying to take your liver out through your nose. I just, <laughs> I just, I just really like this song. I'm not hurting your family. I'm not hurting your cat. In the words, in the words of Chris Robinson, I'm not putting cigarettes out on the family dog. I just like the song. <laughs> but, yeah. true, though. That's a great criticism. I'm right, not putting cigarettes out on the family. Dog. All right, Kate. So looking at my list, you and I had four out of seven. Ooh. Now That's see, pretty good averages. Kate and I matched up on five. Oh. Ooh. Oh, teacher's pet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go through mine real quick. Uh, I had descending. Obviously, that's my favorite. I had pawn shop, and then one that to me was the highlight. One of the hot, big, many highlights. Of getting uh, the band sessions, and that's Wyoming and me. You're beautiful, but you're flawed. You're desperate, but you're strong. You're lonely, but never alone. You're empty, like First of all, it's one of the. It's a. God, Wyoming. It's a great title. <laughs> I mean, it's such a great title, and it's it just. Is. It's such a sad song, and uh, it took me forever to get the band sessions back in what oh three or whatever when they were circulating, mm-hmm. and it and you'd see people in the message which oh you got to hear Wyoming and me and of course there's the version with the horns and there's the version without <laughs> the horns. I prefer the mm-hmm. version that's a little more stripped down. Ian, what do you think about Wyoming and me? Oh, it's on my list, buddy. And I'll be honest with you, as far as at least ballads go, that's my that's my number one. I love really? that. Yeah, I love that song. I always have from the moment I heard those band sessions was like oh one oh two. I got my hands on those and love that tune. I was Wyoming so thrilled. Wyoming to me was on my original list, this ripped up one here. What I have. All right. And and for me on She Talks to Angels, I think I mentioned earlier, I go with the uh, Crowology version on that. That's my favorite version. All right, another one that I'm kind of shocked, Kate, was not on your list. Good Friday.
I always prefer the live version that's a few bars extra where we get the extra harmonica coming in with Chris. Mm. What about you, Ian? Are Good Friday on your list? It didn't make my list, but a, a fantastic song. I prefer that Crowology version. Great song. It was definitely on an early, you know, early versions of this list, but unfortunately got cut. Early out. versions. Yes, <laughs> we all have early versions. <laughs> all right. So miracle to me. Uh, I had that as well. We won't talk about that anymore. All right. Now, when it came down to the last one, I was just torn between so many, and ultimately, I have to go with Sister Love. is one of those ones that live I think really taxes his voice uh, and, I th- yes. and I think it's one of the reasons we probably didn't get it in the later years more than than we did you know the, uh, such a mature song for a band on the, the young I mean Rich was in his wasn't even 20 when they wrote all of this um, right. such a uh, lyrically such a mature song and, and one that's just a, a powerhouse of a ballad and I think this is one that could have been released in the mid to late 80s and still probably been really successful on the radio. Um, mm-hmm. I never understood why this was, didn't really... I don't think it got released as a single. Uh, I don't understand like this why this couldn't have been the last single off of Shake Your Money Maker. So Sister Luck's my last one. I mean, great tune. No, yeah. no, no arguments here. Amazing song. All right, and as, fa- as far as my honorable mentions, Appaloosa, I get, it was when... Chris had that infamous interview on Howard Stern. He said this was about meeting, well, it's his ex-wife now. It was about meeting her. Um, I yeah. love it. I love what the CRB does with it. CRB takes it to another level. I agree. Uh, on, on, with their playing on it. And then My Heart's Killing Me. Um, oh. Just a sad old oh. Western country song. Especially off Brothers of a Feather. Mm. Oh, it is beautiful. I agree. I can't believe you didn't do Seeing Things. You know, I. It was on one of my lists. I understand why people like seeing things so much. To me, though, it takes it takes so long for it to really get going. And I love that end of it. You know, when it really kicks in, but it's always felt drawn out to me, and it it just it never has been one that I've been drawn to. Uh, In that case, David, you're going to be very disappointed because the only song that didn't match up with either of your lists on mine was seeing things. See, and I, I like this. <laughs> so what, what is your list, Ian? I'll just run it down. I mean, seeing things was the only, like I said, was the only one that didn't match up. A hundred years will never ease Hearing things I won't believe I saw it with my own two eyes 
I just think that's I, when I looked at Shake Your Money Maker and I looked at the two songs that weren't She Talks to Angels at that qualified as ballads, seeing things just kind of edged out. Sister Luck for me. Sister Luck's a great song, but uh, Sister Luck is a great song. I just it's seeing things. I just I've always loved that in concert. Fantastic. It's it's one of the Shake Your Money Maker songs that I like to like to get in the set list. You know, yeah. um, as far as the other list goes, I'll just I'll run it down real quick. I had Bad Luck, Blue Eyes, Goodbye. Descending, I, I do want to say about Descending, I never realized the full power of that song until I was at the first Magpie Salute gig in New York City when they did the tribute to Ed First. They play the beginning part of that song you know, off of the record, and then they kick into it live. I realized how really just powerful that song can be. And, and, and yes, yeah. Matt Slocum, you know, I can't say enough good things about him you know taking over he had such a when we talked to him and we talked to him about ed he had such a respect and a reverence for ed harsh that it's just he's a classy guy and then i had girl from a pawn shop wyoming and me miracle to me i got yeah. two me songs on there and uh, <laughs> and then oh, Josephine. yes that's right <laughs> oh self-centered but uh, and oh josephine was at the uh, at the end there so uh, i agree with you you guys on most fronts, mostly with Kate David, I hate to say. Sorry. So I'm going through my list. My original one had Good Friday, Locust Street, and only one song that neither one of you mentioned. And I hated taking it off, but lyrically it wasn't their best work. But I think it was, if I'm wrong, let me know. The first time Rich Robinson's voice was debuted singing lead was How Much For Your Wings. Yes. And I, I love how much for your wings, but lyrically it doesn't compare to Girl from a Pawn Shop, She Talks, or any of those. But it is a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. It is an, a beautiful song, and that I think that's the only one out of my four lists that we didn't talk about. It's and like I said earlier. It's like picking your favorite kid. It's it is hard. like picking it's your favorite kid. But I like how we I snuck all my songs in there somehow. Well, I still got them all mentioned. <laughs> well, one that never gets mentioned, and it's because it's on lines. And but I think I, I I love it, and I think the the way it I don't know I think the lyrically it's it's pretty sad is and it's rich singing on it too is losing my mind. Oh, I love I love, I love that song mind. off the lines. That yeah. like I, I've I've always thought they've missed out on like not really playing that and no use lying. Like I love no use lying uh, mm-hmm. off the lines. And let's see, we uh, lay it all on me. We all I, I love, love that one. That one didn't me make too. anybody's list. I'm surprised, Kate, if I'm going to be honest with you, that you didn't pick The Last Place That Love Lives. I almost, I had it, I didn't put it on any list, but I almost said, I got to put this on there. And I was like, no, because again, I had to go with what I thought was the core, but yeah, Last Place Love Lives is one of, you know, it's one of my favorites because you follow me on Twitter. (laughs) It's up there and I didn't even put it on there and I didn't put Wyoming and me on there which is one of my favorites and what is home which rich mm. sings I love that song too it this was really much harder than when you guys mentioned this I'm like oh done done let's do it right now I have five right off the bat and then I start to do it and I'm like I need 50 hold on I need my top 50 
Yeah, it was a lot harder than I thought. All right, so there's one. I'm going to get a vote from you guys. There's one that I've always considered to be a valid. I think people are going to say it's not a ballad, but I've always thought better when you're not alone is technically a ballad. But it's, mm. I mean, it's sped up, it's faster or whatever. Yep. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the only positive song on um, Three Snakes. But um, that, that to me, if we need to do a top 10 underappreciated song, for me, that's like their most underappreciated song off of like the studio albums. Yeah, I would think that that is. <laughs> Ian, what, that was, is, what were your that honorable mentions? song, by the way. I didn't really see. I didn't do honorable mentions because you know I stuck within the seven song framework here. Okay. Oh, he's such a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would, all the ones that you guys have mentioned, you know. Otherwise, the reason I didn't pick either the last place that love lives or what is home because they both were. What is home is one of my favorite songs. You mind is I don't cons- like. I, I shouldn't say it that way, but I they're less of Black Crow songs to me because and the last place that love lives is clearly written by Chris Robinson, and what is home is clearly written by Rich Robinson. They're yes. almost like solo tunes to me. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. was the only reason why they didn't make my list. But uh, I, I did have one honorable mention. I'll put it to a vote with you guys. You see, I, I mean, it really is a touching uh, ballad. Uh, been a long time waiting on love. Oh, <laughs> it's quiet, subtle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like if you have you heard have you heard this uh, Metallica's latest love song? It's called Master of Puppets. And uh, Cyanide was a good one by them. Yeah, as well, but... <laughs> sounds, sounds now, like a good wedding song. Now to me. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who did churn out some good ballads from the solo side is the CRB. Oh, if yes. you if you had a heart to break, she shares my blanket. Glow, glow. I mean, glow. Appaloosa. That was well, their version of Appaloosa. Chris showed, I think, uh, not on the first couple albums, but on those last couple albums, he kind of really showed his tender side on the CRB. CRB has a lot of touching songs. It's true. And the the thing with Rich is, like, Rich writes a lot of, solo-wise I'm talking about, writes a lot of slower songs, but I wouldn't necessarily call them balanced because lyrically they're not within, like, those kind of ballady themes. You know what I mean? Now, I would call The Giving Key a ballad, and I think that may be the best song he's ever written. Yes. Yes. I agree um, with that, too. An absolutely I, touching song. For you, Ian, I have been delving into uh, Rich Robinson vocally. And I have to tell you, I'm not I'm not hating it. I like it. See, I kinda, I've turned somebody. You turned me. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have some Magpie stuff now on my phone, and I've been listening to some Magpie. Now, I don't... You have to go to uh, our back episodes and listen to the Cease of Slight. Please, for God's sake, it still doesn't, doesn't throw the numbers that every other episode draws. I will. I will definitely do that. Is that still our least listened to one? No. No, David. Least, it's not? Is your least listened the one I was on? No, definitely not. Definitely not, actually. I'm not just saying that because you're on here. I forget which one is, is the least, but, uh, you know, some of them, I do, you know, I do have to say, though, some, some it depends on the uh, topic, really. Some things are a little bit more Uber fan centric, you know? Yeah, Foreman had to be your most listened to one, right? Yeah. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mona. And charity, I would think. I think number Actually, two. Steve Hyden is, Steve number, Hyden two. is number two. Really? Uh, and the and the oh. the Susan Tedeschi one is going to be at number three oh. pretty quick. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that just, was it's, really good. It for it's it's the newer of those, but like the numbers it's put up for the time it's been out, it'll be up there soon. Yeah, that was really good. But Mona and Charity, they I loved those. I've re-listened to them a bunch. Because I, I just really enjoyed those. Yeah, I They're would both. I would love to have... I need to probably approach her. 
I would love to have Charity on at least a little bit when we talk about Crowology because she's saying on yeah. that. Yes, um, I'd like I, it too. Yeah, our Crowology is going to be a it's going to be a it's going to be a two episode one. It's going to we've got I know we've got a guest for part two. We may do part one by ourselves. I'm not. We haven't really talked that through. But and I I may I guess I I even reached out to her the other day and messaged her said we all in the room when they recorded that. She says no, we were in L.A. Oh, um, gotcha. really? You know when they uh, yeah when they recorded it. But yeah, Kate, your episode did, your episode did, I think your episodes are most downloaded of the bonus episodes that we did. See? And we've got, Laya. we've got, we've got like a log jam of, um, bonus episodes recorded that we haven't released oh, yet. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have three or four in the can, don't we? Ian? Yes. All owing to my laziness as an editor, pretty much. <laughs> oh no, not you. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the Gorman one by far is is our our oh. biggest one. I mean, it was in mm. it was in um, Rolling Stone and Variety and uh, Blabbermouth, and then I remember I, it was so weird. Like I had this guy message me he goes, "I'm listening to the Rock Station in Seattle, and they're talking about your podcast in the Steve Gorman interview." It's just kind of oh, really? I forgot about that. Man. Yeah, it was just That's so cool, guys. It was just weird, so and, cool. and you know, and and like with the thing is that's happened. You know, now we've had this like fairly impressive roster of guests on here. You know, Charlie Starr and Susan Tedeschi mm-hmm. and Steve Gorman. It's uh, the, to be honest with you, I think we got Susan Tedeschi because we'd had Gorman and Charlie Starr on, and Britt Turner and uh, and Slocum and, and Slocum, yeah, because her and yeah. Matt Slocum go way back, like back to like childhood days. So yeah, but so now we've gotten to the point to where we can lay all of those out as as past guests, and it. It's it's going to open some doors up for some more people for us. Just remember, if you get Chris on, I have to be sitting right next to David. <laughs> That's I will fine. come to New York. I, I want to be like, hi, Chris. <laughs> hi, Chris. <laughs> from, like a per, from like a personality standpoint and, and stuff like that, uh, I, I really want to be Chris. But like if we were to get down in the weeds with somebody mm. on stuff, it's rich that I want to talk to. Because, I mean – we're nerds. We want to hear about the recording of stuff and, and things like yes. that. And I think Rich, you know, would be would probably be better at that. I mean, we I mean, we we we're out there like flying the flag for them. We're not bad mouthing them. So I think it's going to pay off at some point, don't you? Ian? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kate, you will be there in some capacity, uh, even if yes, you're just a, a a window in the muted, sky. of course. So, Kate, obviously you kept your tickets for the rescheduled show, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'm still meeting them. You got rid of yours, right? Yeah, but I'm just going to get – I'm I'm just going to play it by ear. I mean, I can drive over. Uh, I think I'm probably for sure going to go to the Birmingham show, and I'm thinking about going to the show in Atlanta, but I'll, I'll just get tickets like the week of. And- I think you two should just come to Connecticut so you can witness me meeting Chris watching <laughs> that disaster unfold. It's easier said than done for me well, you than know, it is for David. You know, Kate, Connecticut my, is a, high, my, a stone's throw for me. My yeah. uh, my wife's an attorney. I'll get her to get a Connecticut license real quick, and she'll just perfect. We'll just bail you out as it. Yeah. <laughs> we actually are, are are tossing around an idea of at some point, not this tour, but if they tour again, maybe having like everybody come in to Red Rocks in Colorado, and us have I'm like there. a us have like a group thing there. Definitely there, and we've uh, we've become friends with uh, Jeff Morton, who we were on his podcast in Denver, and so uh, 
I think he could probably help us with like a lot of the I think logistics I, on that. I think I listened to that. I think yeah. I listened to you guys on Jeff Morton. The reason I said that is like that's a bucket list place for a lot of people to go. Yeah. And like I've 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 been to Colorado three or four times. And if you've never been there, it's it's beautiful. And it would I think it would be so much fun. And they oh, Red so Rocks too. is known kind of for its parking lot atmosphere and, and pre gaming and stuff. So I think uh, I hope so. I know Liam said he'd fly in from London and. And stuff like that. So I'm there. See, we can make it a a competition. Who will come the farthest for that? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I'm all about. You know, I'm all about winning a competition. (laughs) I will fly to Japan and fly back just so I am the one that travels the most distance. I was on a cruise to Antarctica, and I got a helicopter to get me out of there. And uh, I I flew back. I flew back. All right, Kate, we didn't ask you this. Well, first of all, thank you, as always, for coming on. Thank you you for always supporting us and promoting us. And thank you for always being a a beacon of light in the Black Crows community. I think everybody on Twitter can can attest to that thanks self-proclaimed queen of the crows i call myself that's right well-deserving title but (laughs) since you're our guest you know we always let the guests pick a playout song so you get to pick the playout song Ooh. no pressure bad luck blue eyes goodbye do you want to even have to think about it is there is there a specific version Mm, no surprise me ian you pick it okay (laughs) it was on your list you pick it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks again to Kate for coming on. As always, uh, we appreciate her, and she will be on in a, in a capacity in the future. And here we are. Bad luck, blue eyes, goodbye. Stay tall, everybody.
Just 